Hello and welcome to a very special episode of Weekly MTG. We are going to spend today talking about the Play Booster, which we announced yesterday as a evolution of the draft and set boosters combining the best of both worlds. Uh, so we're going to answer a bunch of questions. We're going to spend basically this entire show talking about it. Uh, Mark Rosewater and Mike Turian are here alongside me. You can't see them yet, but we're going to get to them in a moment. Uh, and they're going to they're gonna just sit here and answer a ton of questions. Uh, we're going to start off with a bunch of questions that we gathered yesterday uh, that we saw as common themes. And then we're going to take questions from you in chat and just kind of answer them for the full hour. Uh, before we get to that, two pieces of news just to call out. One, uh, among the Play Booster news yesterday, we also did have a BNR update. So a reminder that these non-yearly BNR updates, so uh, the ones that are with every set but not the yearly rotation time, uh, are generally going to be no changes. So um, we did not put any explanation in the article, which I know some people called out um, as wishing there had been some. Uh, but I did talk to the play design team and some folks in R&D, and uh, they said essentially, since the formats had not significantly shifted from the last BNR announcement, uh, that's why there are no changes. Now, in the future, we will look to put more explanation even in these uh, individual BNR non-yearly updates. But with the Play Booster announcement, we wanted to keep it small and focus on this seismic change that everybody is and has been talking about. Uh, and then one more thing before we get to talking about that. Uh, this week is also special because we have two episodes of Weekly MTG. Uh, we're going to be back here on Thursday at this same time, and we are going to have a special guest from the Fallout franchise. Uh, you may have heard his name recently, so we'll be talking to Pete Hines on Thursday. Uh, about the Fallout product coming early next year. So that'll be this Thursday at 10 a.m. Uh, but now let's get to the main event and let's say hi to, you know, you know these people. They've Hello. been on the show many times. So Mark Rosewater, Mike Turian from all the things. Um, <laughs> from many things. From many things. So um, as I said, we're going to kick things off by just talking about many of the questions that we've seen on social media that have been directed to you, that have been directed to us. Um, we're going to go through some of the main ones, and then we're going to get to your questions in chat. So first, um, before we get to that, before we get to questions, um, for anyone who didn't read the article or, or yeah. wasn't online yesterday, Mark, can you give a quick recap of what we announced? OK, so basically, in my article yesterday, um, we are doing away. Draft boosters and set boosters, as of Murders at Carlov Manor, are going away. Uh, we're replacing them with a brand new thing called a play booster that has all the fun of opening a set booster with all the playability of a draft booster. Um, and today we'll go into the details of why we did that. Um, in the article, I go in great, I, I, um, I talk about all the set. There's different slots in the booster. Do you want me to go into the slots in the booster? Sure, briefly. We can okay. put the graphic so up. Basically, the way it works is there's uh, slots one through six are a common, always a common. Slot seven is most of the time a common, but every once in a while is a card from the list. We'll talk about the list in a little bit. Yep. Um, slots eight through 10 are an uncommon. Slot 11 is your rare mythic rare. Uh, slot 12 is your basic land. Slot 13 is a non-foil wild card, meaning it could be anything, but it's always non-foil. And then slot 14 is the foil wild card. It could be anything, but it's foil. Uh, and then slot 15 is token art card. It, it's sort of a non-playable object slot. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of what we talked about in the article yesterday was set boosters were very, very popular, and that this booster is meant to capture all the things people love about set boosters while allowing it and making it playable. Mm -hmm. So for example, the addition of common, there, there's two extra cards here than there were in a set booster. Uh, they're color balanced. There's things we did in this set that are very different to make it work. And as we'll talk about today, we are changing how we make sets to match the play booster. So this is, yep. this is not a small thing we're doing. And this has been, we've been working on this for a while. Murders of Carlos Manor, which is the first set that has it, was designed with this in, in mind. Yep. Um, uh, and so this is a brand new thing. Mostly what happened is, uh, and we'll get into the details of why, but the the market did not like having two boosters. 
having a set booster and a draft booster, it was a problem for stores, it caused confusion with players, it just caused a lot of issues. Mm -hmm. Do you want me to just dive into the... Well, so, uh, you know, that, and I think that's actually a good segue into something people were talking about a lot at the end of the day yesterday, mm -hmm. which was something, it was yes. a comment you made yeah. on, on social about, about draft boosters were on their way towards going away. Can you expand on that? Sure. And talk about that? Okay, so what happens is, look, Magic is an evolving product. Mm -hmm. We constantly change. The audience says they want things, or we anticipate the audience want things, and we make changes. So the set booster, we, we had a stat we learned that said the majority of Magic players don't play limited, um, meaning they don't open packs to play limited with. Now, yep. millions and millions of people play limited. A lot of people play limited. It's very important. Um, but the majority of people who open a Magic pack don't then play limited with that pack. Yeah. So we said, okay, hey, without the limitations of having played limited, can we make pack opening more fun? So we made the set booster, and the set booster was designed to just be more exciting. You could have more than one rare. You could get, you know, there's this, we, we, you get foils and art cards and all sorts of things that you could get. We put it in. We made this really fun open experience. And our original thought was we hoped that maybe set boosters would become as popular as draft boosters. But very, I mean, very quickly, I mean, almost overnight, um, set boosters were like a runaway train. They yeah. were very, very popular. And the idea is, if I'm not playing limited with this, hey, this is just way more exciting, and people wanted to open that. So what happened is, set boosters just took more and more and more of the space. And there's a problem in stores where if you, if you have to have two different types of boosters, and you're, you're, you, miss, you get the wrong kind, Let's say my, my players really want set boosters, but I bought draft boosters, then I can't sell them because they want something different. Or let's say I buy a lot of, uh, of set boosters, but I want, that my players want to draft, and I don't have enough draft boosters because set boosters were not made to be draftable. You know, you get into trouble where they're just trying to get inventory correct. It's a, a big problem for stores. And mm -hmm. what that meant was it just, they didn't want to buy two different things. Yeah. And that stores were like, look, I, it's a problem to buy both. My players are saying they'd rather have set boosters. I'm just going to buy set boosters. Mm -hmm. And we have markets that are so, you know, they're smaller markets that just don't have the option to print two kinds of boosters. So they were choosing set boosters because that was more popular. And in those markets, they just couldn't play limited because there was no draft boosters. Mm -hmm. um, and so what, we, what the market was showing us basically was draft boosters were just getting smaller and smaller amount of the market. And we do what we call future, we, we look at the future and sort of predict where things are going. And basically, our people that did that said, look, it's in the matter of years, there are not going to be draft boosters. Like, there's, there's not going to be enough people buying draft boosters to make that work because set boosters were so eclipsing draft boosters. But look, R&D knows how important limited is. Limited is a huge way to play. There's a lot of people, and I'm, myself included, my favorite way to play Magic is limited Magic. Mm -hmm. I love booster drafting. You know, that it's a very, very fun way to play. And we have, we have a lot of data that says the longer you play Magic, the more likely you are to play limited Magic just because there's less investment. I can just sit down and play. I don't have to build a deck ahead of time. Yeah. And so there's a lot of things that's really, it, it builds community, it stores, like there's all these great things that, that it does. So when we looked and, and our people predicting things say, yeah, we don't think draft boosters are going to last long. We're like, okay, that's a big, big problem. We have to solve that problem. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I think it's funny if people are like, oh, somehow Wizards is trying to do away with, no, no, we don't want to do away with draft. Like we understand how important draft is. It's a huge part of the magic ecosystem. Mm -hmm. what, what I was saying yesterday was, look, the, the market forces, the, the, the just draft boosters were becoming less and less and less and less. And on the trend that they were going to go away, that yeah. it wasn't going to make sense to make them. And so what we did is we said, okay, how do we keep the excitement that people have? People love set boosters. That's a good thing. We made something people love. We should keep doing that, but is there a way to sort of keep the love of set boosters but still have limited play? Because there's a giant group of people that's, that's the most important thing to Magic and other people that enjoy it. Yep. So the idea of a play booster was really just, look, can we combine these into one booster? Yep. Can we take the, the excitement that people love about set boosters and the playability of draft boosters and can we make a singular booster? Like, Magic evolves, we needed to evolve that if we didn't change things, something was going to happen that we weren't happy with. Yep. That's what I was trying to say. N there was no nefarious means. No one, no one inside of Wizards wanted to get rid of, of Limited. No one, we all understand the importance of Limited. It was more an understanding of, wow, the way things that happen, you know, without us doing something was going in a direction we weren't happy with because Limited is so important. Yeah. So Mike, once that recognition set in, how then did the team get to the makeup of, of play boosters and what play boosters look like? Yeah, so um, as product, the product lead for 
uh, Murders at Carlo's Manor, <laughs> right? It was just like, okay, hey, this is going to be the first set that's going to introduce play boosters. What, what does that look like? How do we maintain everything that Mark was hitting on, right? And really it came down to, and Mark hit on it, this sort of guiding principle of, hey, let's take a look at what people love about the set booster and incorporate that, maintain as much of that as we can, even improve on it in places, and deliver an awesome draft experience, right? And so that's sort of what the team had to, to sit down and, and tackle. It's like, okay, what makes draft so fun? What makes limited play so awesome? Right. And, and and like Mark was hitting on, magic has evolved. You know, I, I remember some of the early conversations um, with Aaron Forsyth when he was talking about, you know, this idea of 10 commons. Right. Mm -hmm. or, or, and in the past, magic even had 11 commons right before we introduced the basic land. Um, and and that was something just, you know, I'll say set in history. Right. It, but magic design has evolved like no, no, no longer are there just these unusable commons uh, that existed that there were, you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. and, and so that, that was one place where it's like, oh, let's actually make the draft experience better uh, by reflecting on what we, what we have and what we've become. Yeah. Right, and I'll also trust, the idea of the 10 or 11 boosters like that Richard made when Alpha's, drafting was not part of Alpha. The idea of a pack, like Mirage was kind of the first set where we even like kind of built it thinking like people are going to be doing limited play. So like this is a decision that was made before that was even a factor. And that mostly what we said is, look, if we're going to combine them, let's make something that is as good as we can make that, that makes both things. Mm -hmm. Like for example, for the set booster is, we did all this market research, what do you like about set boosters? The number one thing people like about set boosters is multiple rares. That, by far, that's yeah, by, by far, far the number one thing. Yeah. Um, and so we had a list of all the different things, and what we said is, mostly what we said, we said, okay, let's take a set booster and make it playable, because set boosters is the more popular thing. So mostly what we did is we started with, let's start with the set booster, what changes do we need to make? Mm -hmm. There were three big changes we had to make it playable, there were three changes we had to make. One was, there weren't enough cards. Uh, there's tw uh, 12, uh, yep. 12 cards in the set booster, we needed more. So we added two more cards. Yep. Um, once again, I'm not counting the 15th non-playable object, but uh, there are 14 playable cards. Right. Um, we also had a color balance. One of the things that they had done in set boosters is they did this thing called connected commons and connected uncommons, where the commons and uncommons had a theme that connected them in some way. And a lot of times that theme tended to make them more of the same color, because, oh, they, had, they were the same creature type. Right. Or they had, all the same elemental. had the yeah. same mechanic. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, we needed to color balance, a really important part of making limited work is color balance. And so, um, and it turns out that the connected comments and uncommons were the lowest rated thing in the set booster. So we're like, okay, <laughs> we need to get rid of that because we need a color balance. So we did that. And then the third thing, which I, I can get into a little bit here, is the nature of how we made sets had to change. Mm -hmm. Like, um, in order to maximize what you're doing, like, you know, um, I studied communications. There's a thing uh, Marshall McLuhan said, the medium is the message, is a big thing communications. And what that means is how you tell a story matches the means by which you tell the story. That I'm going to tell a different story on TV than I am in the movies or in a book. Um, games are the same way. That how we, like the, what you open up and what cards you have dictate how it works. So for example, I, I will get into the weeds. When we get closer to the actual release, I will get much more in the weeds. I'll give you some basic ideas here. One of the biggest changes we made is normally there were 101 commons and 80 uncommons. Mm -hmm. We've now changed it so there are 81 commons and 100 uncommons. Um, what we have found in general is we want common to be very basic, generally usable everywhere. Yeah. So we've done away at what we call the sort of the sideboard commons. Like back in time, we used to have what we call the discriminator cards that meant don't play these if you know what to do. We've done away with those a long time ago. <laughs> right, um, and that's what I was talking about. Like, yeah. Oh, when you have ten or eleven yeah. commons, yeah. You, you just you, we intentionally put cards right. in there that you were you know apparently yeah. were discri <laughs> discriminator well, I mean, commons. Discriminator cards meant that like the the, the better players learned not to play them. Yeah. But, uh, but uh, we, we later learned we didn't need those. We did away with those. But um, the idea is there are cards that exist what we call sideboard cards right now, meaning that I'm not going to play it main deck because it's too narrow, but 
oh, when I run up against an opponent, if they're, you know, oh, they're playing something that I'm worried about, well, I have sideboard cards I could sideboard in in the second game or third game. Mm -hmm. um, we decided that we sideboard cards can't exist in this, in this world, so we've done two things. Either some of those effects moved up to uncommon, because there's more uncommon and more space to do those things, and they can show up a little less often, yep. or we made them into modular effects. Sure. Um, and magic has been going this direction been already. Moving that way for um, a while, yeah. I mean, there's some of the influence of like you know digital and stuff. But yeah. so at common now, the idea is we want to make sure all there's less commons, and all of them we want to make sure that they're playable because we just have to make sure that you can make a playable deck. Yeah. But the commons are not where the interesting part comes. From. The commons are very simple. Um, and so we rotated around the rarities so we can match what we were trying to do. And so having more in commons means there's more depth of play. There's more variety of what's going on. We can, we can support a little more draft archetypes. One of the things we try to do is we have the basic 10 in any draft. And then we have what we call additive stuff, which is things to discover as you're drafting. So it's not meant for the casual, but the more advanced drafter will learn these things. And having more in commons lets us do stuff like that. Okay. Um, a lot of what's... So people understand, when we make this play booster, it wasn't a matter of us just saying, we're just changing things. We are thinking about how to make the best experience. And mm -hmm. so one of the things I know people are concerned about is, hey, there's more rares. Well, that's awesome when you open rares because you get more rares. Um, but in limited, there's a concern of, oh, how's that going to affect things? Now, I do want to stress, we have bonus sheets. Like, it's not as if magic having multiple rare show open packs has never happened before in limited draft play. Yeah. You know, Wilds yeah. of Eldraine had a bonus sheet, for example. I, I was telling yeah. the story before the stream of, you know, one of my the story packs was back in Dark Ascension, where I opened three mythics in the same pack because they had a double face slot and then the foil. And that, that it's been able to happen in some form or fashion for a while. So yeah. one of the things we did look at is like we are trying to put more answers. Like one of the things about common is there'll be a slightly more answers to things. Like we, we recognize that the change, like anytime you make a change, it will affect things, but we are not going to this with our eyes closed. Like R&D, there, there's no people on the planet that love limited play more than R&D. R&D loves <laughs> limited play. And look, I, I think, I mean, I, I work on the early part of the project, but I think play design and set design have been knocking them out of the park. I think we've been making really, really strong limited formats. Um, and, I, and I know we were talking about this before the show, like, a lot of people play limited, right? Yeah. You, you were looking at stats on limited. It, it was, um, yeah, the trend lines. I, I asked Billy Jensen beforehand um, because we were talking about you know draft booster sales going down, but limited play the last three years, and obviously the pandemic set a new baseline, mm -hmm. but limited play has consistently been going up the past three years, uh, e even while draft booster sales have been going down. Which, yes. Which it, says it, the problem's not, it's, it's the draft booster, not whether people want to play limited or not. Right, and then and then you look at arena, and an arena, you know, limited play is happening through the roof all yeah. the time, right? I mean, pe people love playing limited, and, and to me, one of the things that you know we really focused on here, like, and I love that we called it the play booster because it really was about we wanted to enhance play, no matter how that was, right? So you know, ma maintaining awesome limited play, and then making it so you know for people who are playing constructed, hey. You know, the, the set booster had become, if you were only a constructed player, the set booster clearly had become the, the your choice for buying to get cards yeah. to play with. Yeah, there's an interesting story that uh, talking to players of, there are some stores, for example, they will run events and they let players choose whether they want to get a set booster or a draft booster as yeah. prizes. Um, and there was this tension of players kind of like to take draft boosters if they enjoy drafting because they want to draft with them. But set boosters were so much more fun to open that they're like, well, I'd rather keep these to draft, but oh, I'm just going to set booster because they're more, so much more fun to open. And part of the discussion we had is, why can't every booster, like, why are we forcing this choice yeah. where, uh, upon people where no matter which way they go, there's a, a tinge of regret, right? Yeah. If, you're, if you're choosing the set booster, you're, you're excited, you can open more yeah. rares, but you're not going to play limited with them, right? right. If, if you're choosing the draft booster, you're not, you're not getting the pack that clearly everyone is, has been preferring and loves. And yeah, and I, I do want to jump in, because I, I think we could talk about this for a while, but I know one of the you know, most common questions um, that we saw yesterday, that we see in chat, is about the price. Because the thing we acknowledged yesterday is that um, the, the price will be priced like set boosters. Yeah. Which does affect the price of limited events. Is that something that we considered as we were going down this road? Yeah, I mean, a, a, absolutely. It's something we considered. It's something that you know we, we took very seriously, right? Like, 
I mean, both in, in planning the product when we were, you know, get, getting ready to be talking about it, it was the thing that's like, look, this, this is something that we acknowledge. Like, y yes, you know, if all you're going to do is, you know, go to your store and do a draft, you're, you're gonna be spending a, a few extra dollars, right? And so, you know, that, that's something that, that is, and we acknowledge and ex accepted that. Now, it also became this idea of, okay, what can we do to mitigate that? How can we, how can we do as much as possible to you know, uh, alleviate the, that for people? And, and a lot of it came to, look, you know, we are gonna include uh, extra rares, right? Like, you're going to, on average, open about 1.4 uh, rares or, or mythic rares in, in a play booster, and you know, ho hopefully that's something that just enhances the experience to a point where you feel like, yeah, I got my money's worth uh, from, from this activity. And just one of the comments that came yesterday, uh, some people feel like we're trying to, it's less than the set booster. Yeah. 1.4 is higher, I believe, than the typical set booster was. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? We are not, we are trying to give you all the excitement of a set, we're not trying to lessen the, the if you love set boosters, play boosters should give you just as much excitement. Yeah. Yes, we've moved things around a little bit. We had to make a playable. I mean, they're, they're, I'm not saying it's, it's not identical because it had, we had to change a few things. But like, yeah, the, the 1.4 number is a great number. Like, you know, like in draft, it was you know mostly 1.0 unless you had a bonus sheet or something. Yeah, right. Um, you get, it's slightly <laughs> higher because you, you get a foil every so often. Yeah, you get a foil. Yeah. Right, so, instead yeah. of every time like with the play booster now. Yeah, and I think that it also speaks towards the you know the choice that Mark you wrote some stores needed to make where mm. they knew they would sell set boosters. Yeah. Draft boosters were important for play. Right. If they didn't order enough draft boosters, then there was no limited play. Right. Yes. And um, when when our goal is to support limited play in local game stores, making them make that choice was difficult. Yes. I mean, on some level, I mean, if you look at the history of Magic, we're thirty years in. Magic is this ongoing, evolving game. And that part of our job as people who make the game is we keep trying to, okay, what do players want? What do they need? And I think Set Boosters was us trying something new. We tapped in something really important, but we also kind of learned in the end, the players want one core booster. Yeah. Like having multiple boosters, it caused confusion, just people understanding what was in what, you know, and that, this is just part of the natural evolution, but like, if you love set boosters, play boosters are all the things you love about set boosters. I mean, yes, the connected common. I mean, there may be the, the art card is not one, you know, every time it's one out of three. I mean, there's small, small things, but in the big way, all the things people said they most loved about set boosters, all the is there. And we are, I mean, once again, the play, the play side of things, I mean, I have to say trust us, but I mean, when uh, Murders of Carlos Matter comes out, it is not as if we've not spent a lot of time and energy. Yeah. We have been working on this for quite a while. And I mean, we have lessons to learn. Anytime we do something new, I, will we make any mistakes? I'm sure we will make some mistakes. Um, but we are quick to adapt and we have a very smart team. And you know, I've played a lot. I, I, I'm in, I'm deep in play booster territory. All our playtests now are in play booster territory, and it's very fun. And we're doing a lot of things to sort of make that. And I, I know people get nervous whenever something changes, but I would argue that magic is sort of constantly changing, and mm -hmm. that we are good at adapting to change. Yep. And I, I, I can't wait for people to play this because it is a lot of fun. Yeah. You yeah. Know? On the on the topic of uh, adaption, you know, I just wanted to highlight, like, hey, we're talking about, you know, oh, here it is, the the play booster with uh, murders at Karlov Manor, right? We also, one of the, as a product designer, one of the things that's great is we can adapt it where it's like, okay, what's the best thing to do for the play booster for, you know, Outlaws of Thunder Junction, Modern Horizons 3. You know, the, the, the draft booster was, was very fixed. Yeah. It was like, oh, here it is. You're, you're going to get it. The experience, you know, th there'd be small variation. But with, with the play booster and the set booster before it, we really just had more space to customize it um, to the sets. And, and one of the places that I think we uh, are doing that is, hey, we're introducing special guests, right? The, you know, you're gonna start seeing those with um, uh, the Lost Caverns of Ixalan, right? And then they're gonna continue into uh, Murders at Karlov Manor and beyond. And, and, and that's just a place where it's like, oh, here's some extra excitement that we can add in that, you know, th those type of features, just the draft booster typically couldn't accommodate yeah. that type of thing. So at this point, I want to um, make sure that we get to chat questions. So right. chat, I've stopped at a random place in chat. 
um, and I'm going to start grabbing questions. It is always helpful, as many of you have always done, to tag it at magic. That'll help me catch your questions. And I'm going to go somewhat in order. Um, so I'm going <laughs> to, of where I stopped, um, I'm going to get to as many questions as I absolutely can. And I'm just going to read these verbatim as we go. So um, let's see. Mike, let's start with you. Might be Mike, might be uh, Mark, but let's let's start with Mike. Um, how do you intend to curate the list? Will you have draft experience in consideration, and is draft going to be different than arena? Uh, so okay, so let's start with the curation, and then we'll we'll talk about uh, arena. So uh, for Murders at Karlov Manor, um, we reduced the the size of the list for one. Right when when you're looking at um, the reprint cards that we do that have the uh, the planeswalker symbol in the corner yep. uh you know previously we would have about 300 of those for murders at karlov manor we've reduced that to 40 and and that let us do uh, a few things for one uh those cards will now be localized into japanese as well as uh english previously they were english only uh and then to the question there like yeah you know part of the reason we wanted to hit on that 40 number was it let us pick cards that were really customized to the set, right? If you remember before, a small number of the cards would rotate out. It was either like 50 or 75 yeah. a set. Um, here we, we introduced 40 fresh reprint cards. And now that's something that th those reprints, those are only going to be uh, murders at Karlov Manor. Like once we get into Outlaw, uh, Outlaws of Thunder Junction and uh, MH3, um, we're not going to see those reprints anymore. There's still going to be special guests and other um, cool features, but the the reprints themselves, that's only going to be murders at Karlov Manor. Okay, I want I want to pause on I want to pause on that comment there because I, I think that's important and yeah. answers a lot of questions. So the when you're talking about the reprint stopping, you're talking about the straight art pickups that had the little planeswalker symbol yeah, on the bottom, and and they're going to be replaced by other special things, sort uh, of in the vein of special guests. Yeah, that that that's right. I mean it's. It, it, it was, you know, once again, talking to Mark's uh, original point, it's like, oh, we've just learned so much as we've gone about, you know, creating the set booster and, and moving forward. Um, you know, we're wanting to sort of save reprints and, and just use them in, in other places. And so they, they really, um, I, I, I'm glad we did them for so long, but I think that we'll just be introducing new features to the play booster and uh, using that type of reprint elsewhere. So I just want to talk about a different point that you, you brought up. Mm -hmm. um, we made the decision that we wanted everything in the booster to be draftable. Um, it's just con it's confusing when that's not true. Yeah. That it, you know, and so um, it is very much thought about when we make the list that they are draftable. Um, that doesn't mean we can't do something that's really you know highly desirable that maybe is not the greatest thing to draft. But in, in general, we do think about the draft in the, the picking of a list. Yeah. And um, one of the things we discovered in doing bonus sheets is it's really fun when you're on theme and you get cards people really enjoy, but also make sense with the set. Yeah. I, I've got a lot of real positive things of, here's all these fun enchantments and you can play them in Wilds of Eldraine. You, you get to own them when you open them, but also, hey, they, they play fun in Wilds of Eldraine. Some of my favorite decks have been <laughs> Goblin Bombardment decks. Yeah. Right, right, yeah. and, and so that's uh, that's a big piece. Um, and then the the second part of that question, I think, was hitting on Arena. Uh, Arena is implementing um, some of the cards from the list, mm -hmm. uh, but it's not going to be exactly one to one. But uh, essentially, they're trying to do uh, as much as works uh, as works well for Arena. Yeah. Uh, and then Magic Online wasn't asked about, but I'll just to just to <laughs> close that, uh, Magic Online uh, is going to have. Uh, a one-for-one one experience. Yeah. yeah, and and I think the arena example that um, it, it's not in Markov Manor, but you know, for example, we we got Mana Crypt. It's called Manor. Uh, I do that <laughs> all the time. Um, Mana Crypt is a special guest uh, coming up in Lost Caverns of Ixalan. We've already announced that. Mana Crypt wouldn't make sense, for example, on Arena because it would be banned in Historic. It would be too powerful in Brawl. It just doesn't make sense there. Uh, again, not saying that's in a future set, but it, yeah, that well, is an example of a card on a special guest list that might not make it. Yeah, exactly. And I think that, you know, when we're choosing the special guests, we're also making sure that they work for the limited environment and, and really enhance it. Because yeah. even though they're only showing up a, a small percentage of the time, you know, we want to make sure that, you know, every draft you play is as fun as possible. Yeah. And so, 
uh, right, Man Manacrypt has, is just too powerful yeah. uh, to, to really make that happen. Yep. All right, next question. When I was reading the announcement, I kept thinking about how much play boosters look like March of the Machine boosters. Was March of the Machine used as sort of a testing ground for play boosters, and should we expect the play booster draft experience to feel similar to MOM? Uh, March of the Machine wasn't uh, used as, I mean, really, really the, the sets that we um, worked towards, like Murders at Karlov Manor, uh, Outlaws of Thunder Junction, uh, Modern Horizons 3, th those were the, the sets that were sort of targeted as, hey, these are the sets we're looking to introduce the play booster at, um, and so those were the ones that were, were most customized. Uh, yeah, and I want to stress, we knew it was a big enough change that we, it couldn't just be like at the last minute, we just say, oh, all of a sudden, no. The, the very nature of the set, like we're changing rarities, and like the very nature of how we make sets is changing because we need to maximize it to make this. And yeah. so we picked a set that we had enough time to do that with, which ended up being Murders of Carl of Manor, and we designed it for this. Yeah. So it is very much, the set is crafted to be a play design set. Uh, next question. Like play booster set. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what happens design. to the set booster commander cards? So those were a set of usually 10 cards that were exclusive to set boosters and were only commander legal. Um, are those just moving to collector boosters or are they being retired? Yeah, we're not. Uh, so they're being retired. Um, you know, we didn't. The, uh, t taking a look at some of the commander content, you know, commander cards are typically, um, I'll say, overwhelmingly powerful for limited. Uh, and, and so, you know, while we did do those set booster commander cards, uh, I think starting with Kaldheim, uh, well, Kaldheim, we sort of dipped our toe in that and, and then we uh, evolved it. Um, we're, we're not looking to do those in, in the foreseeable future. Uh, and we're not moving them uh, to the question there. We're not moving them to be like collector booster exclusives. Um, that's, that's not our intent and you won't, you won't be seeing that at, in Murders at Markov Manor. All right. Karlov Manor. <laughs> it's, I, it's the MKM, just right. Markov. Yeah, anyway. yeah, anyhow. Yeah, I'm going to do that from now until after that sets out. All right, um, next question. Is it going to become more difficult to get the token you want? For drafts in my LGS, we already had problems getting the different roles for Wilds of Eldraine. Uh, so I, I'll speak. So for Wilds of Eldraine, one, one thing we did, and we're going to do when it's appropriate, is like we included the the roll cards uh, in the pre-release kits, right? To sort of uh, get get that ball rolling and getting those acquired. Um, the so you you get the, a token card a little bit less often now. However, we're also in general we've reduced the number of ads uh, that you're getting in impacts as well, uh, and we're planning on sort of adjusting that balance further to make it so that you get even more tokens mm -hmm. upcoming. So like, yes, you're not getting a token 100% of the time, but also like that already wasn't true. Like sometimes you'd be getting helper cards and whatnot. Um, so we want to make sure that tokens are out there, that they're accessible, um, you know, for exactly the, the reasons your player, uh, the player was asking about. Um, and, and that's what we're going to continue to do. Um, and then of course, you know, I, I, I hope that uh, players and stores save them from set mm -hmm. to set. I know, I know that sometimes because they're just this non-playable object, they sort of get set aside. Um, but yeah, I mean, you can use soldier tokens uh, in, in many, many magic sets. I mean, I, I come from an era where we didn't print tokens and the ad, the ad card was the token. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, Mark, okay. uh, on Mar's blog, he said that the total number of unique commons is decreasing, the total number of unique commons, uncommons is increasing, which we talked about. Mm -hmm. uh, given that this means unique commons will be more common and unique uncommons will be more uncommon, does this change how signpost uncommons will be designed in the future? No, no, no. I mean, be aware, the, the rarity of commons will still show up more. Even though we're changing things around, there's more slots for common. Uh, so the, a, a common is still more common than an uncommon. Um, the uncommons might be slightly, I'm, I'm, I don't know the math off the top of my head. Um, we're not changing how we do signposts uncommon. I mean, no. Mm -hmm. So I guess the short answer is no, we're not changing it. Yeah, okay. you, right. You get, you get slightly more uncommons now because yes. in addition to the, the three uncommon slots, the wild cards basically yeah. add to the, the, the uncommon the, possibilities. The as fan of uncommons is slightly up. And so, um, 
you have a little more chance to, to get any one individual uncommon. Not by a lot, but a little bit. But. Right. Yep. And that's part of the reason that we upped the number of uncommons. Yes, yes. Was to uh, offset, offset that. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, totally lost the exact wording of this question, but I remember what the uh, gist of it was. Uh, why 36 packs in a box instead of something like 24? Yeah, so uh, we, you know, going back to one of the, the, once again, one of the points Mark hit earlier on is, hey, you know, the, the packs, we looked at doing 30 packs, right? That's what the set booster box was. And we looked at 36. I mean, we, we talked about other numbers. We wanted to do, we wanted to do it by threes. Um, and so the, the two sort of front runners were 30 and, and 36. In uh, 36, you know, in terms of if, if you're drafting, it gives you uh, enough to do an eight-player draft and then have a, a nice amount for prizes. Uh, there's certainly that. I'll say from the product design um, standpoint, it also just gives us a lot of freedom to do um, pretty sweet box toppers, mm -hmm. right? The, you know, just in terms of, okay, if you're buying a, a box of 36, you know, compared to a box of 24, the, you know, it lets us do things like the Zendikar Expeditions uh, as, as box toppers, right? And, and so, um, you know, or with the Lord of the Rings, we went back and yeah. made, made some awesome box toppers. So we, we wanted to, we took a look and we wanted to consider uh, a, a lot there, but at the end of the day, we felt like going with what the draft booster display had was just um, yeah. the, the best way forward. And that's it. I know a lot of the feedback we've gotten from retailers uh, on the Switch has been positive. One of the points of feedback I know that they provide is that 24 number, and they've said, hey, maybe try 24. So I know you all will be discussing that. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right, let's see. Da, 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 da. Okay. Um, I'm going to paraphrase this a little bit. Um, this goes back to, again, designing the limited formats. Okay. Um, my concern with the new play boosters is the luck factor of bomb cards being more available. Is this a valid concern? I mean, it's something we're very conscious of. I mean, one of the things when we design rares, um, you have to think about what the card is for. Mm -hmm. uh, and some cards are for a particular format, some cards are for more casual formats. And normally when we think of rares, we put things that are meant, usually the things that are meant for other formats um, that we think are disruptive to limited, we put at higher rarities. Um, we are, it's a co combination of things. We're more cautious about what we're sticking at rare and mythic rare. You know, we're very, we're, we're aware that these are showing up in slightly higher uh, amount due to the, the 1.4. Um, we are also trying to make sure there's more answers, especially a common, mm -hmm. so that there are answers, you know. Um, will there be slightly more bombs on average? Um, yes, in the sense that there's a, the power level of higher cards is a little bit higher, but we are building our sets and adjusting to that and trying to give you tools to interact with that. So part of when I say that we're like rethinking how we make this is there are a lot of moving pieces and a lot of components. And so it is true that more rares mean something, but then that means we adjust to, to match that. And yeah. so what I can say is I think when people look at something, they just make the one change and look at what they know. It's sort of like, well, if limited was exactly like limited that I play now, except it made this one change, oh, what would happen? But that's not the way it's going to work. We didn't just change one thing. We're changing a whole bunch of things. And so part of adapting to the new system is understanding there's 1.4, you know, rares and mythic rares. How do we deal with that? Yeah. So it is being adjusted to. I mean, it is something, it is something we're working on to, to be part of the experience. All right. Um, I'm actually going to take this next one. Uh, my biggest concern for longevity of the draft format isn't return on investment, but barrier of entry. With the increase in prices, how is Wizards planning to mitigate this to ensure a constant influx of new players and the retention of those with limited income? So I can speak to the new players part in that I can speak to it in that I can't speak to it. So we, we do have um, a big project in the works that kind of everyone from marketing to uh, product design to design is working on uh, that we're not ready to talk about yet, but it, it, is, it is top of mind that that sort of new player part of, of Magic uh, could use some extra work. And, and so there is a, a big thing. Um, we're not ready to talk about it yet, but it is top of mind. Um, I know on our side and the marketing communications side, we're constantly talking about like where we're spending our energy and attention um, and, and how to get um, in that space. Can, let me speak to something. The, we've spent years and years trying to figure out how to make a good starter product. Yeah. And for a long time, our number one driving factor was complexity. Yeah. We're like, oh, we have to make the simplest, complex, uh, simplest thing so that people can understand it. 
And what we eventually learned is that the thing that makes people want to play magic is not low complexity, is excitement. Mm -hmm. Basically, I experience it. Does the first experience make me want, like, do I want to learn to play? Do I want to play more? And what we've learned is that trying to make it as simple as possible actually doesn't do the best job of getting new players because they're like, oh, that's, you know, where if you do exciting things, even things they don't understand, if they, if they want to learn because it's exciting to them, it pulls them in. Mm -hmm. And so we've really moved away from this model of that beginning play has to be as simple as possible to more beginning play has to be as dynamic and exciting as possible. Yeah. Um, I, we can't talk about this product, but like this philosophy is very much gone in this product that we can't talk about. Yeah. Um, well, and, and yeah. I, can, I can bring it back to a product. You know, when, when we did the, the Lord of the Rings, there was a, a starter product. Mm -hmm. And well, one of the cards in there is, is a golem, mm -hmm. right? It, and like, if you look at the, if you read this golem card, you were just like, like even as an established magic player, <laughs> you're just like, how does this work, yeah. right? And so like, as, as a new magic player, I have to imagine that it's just mind blowing, yeah. right? But yet what it is, is it's just so resonant <clears throat> to golem as a character that you're excited, you wanna know more, you're yeah. intrigued. And, yeah. and, and that's the thing, to me, that's just so amazing about magic is just how, you know, like, like even back, it just blew my mind when I first started playing magic of like, oh, what, what do you mean? I can pair just like any cards I want with each other. I can, you know, and, and that type of thing is, is there. And also, I mean, a, a huge piece is like, hey, with the Lord of the Rings tapping into, oh, here's, here's a, a property that's just massively popular. Right, and so great. Let's let's get some new Magic players in who love the Lord of the Rings and have just never played a game like Magic that really has that excitement and those possibilities. And part of the play booster, I mean, another thing about combining them is, hey, when you play limited, I want the pack opening experience to also be exciting, right? That part of the reason that you're excited is everything about the experience is exciting. Mm -hmm. The cards are exciting. The the gameplay is exciting, and the pack opening is exciting. So. I mean, we very much, I mean, we think about the new player a lot. Yeah. I, I mean, obviously there's not new blood. Um, magic has gone through a lot of changes. Like one of the complicated things we deal with right now is the most common tabletop format is Commander. It's a hundred card singleton of, and you can play any card in the history of Magic for 30 years. And that's like the most popular tabletop format, you know? So this idea that things like complexity is not what drives people away. It is, is there something compelling and exciting? Yeah. And we've really embraced the idea of what makes magic magic is all the excitement of it. Mm -hmm. And we're less trying to sort of dumb down things for beginners and more make them want to play and want to learn because it's exciting to learn. Yep. Um, I'll take this one because I've, I've spoken. Is, so is there consideration from Huey, so Billy Jensen, uh, head of uh, director of play, uh, to make changes to competitive sealed as the main limited format? Would competitive draft or recalibration of limited be possible? So I, I don't think competitive sealed is the necessarily the main limited format. For example, the pro tours use um, draft. Um, most sealed... Uh, so 95, we got the number, I asked about this yesterday, 95% um, of sealed play is pre-releases. Yeah. Um, so that's, that is when the, the team talks about designing towards sealed, that's your primary focus. And we have a box, so the other thing about pre-releases is we have a pre-release box, so yeah. we can give some hand-holding, like there's things we can do in the pre-release experience if we need to have help, because most of the sealed play, most limited play, or sorry, most sealed play yeah. is in the pre-release, and so, we have a, a place and you know, they're playing at a store most likely, there, there's a box we're selling them. So there's a lot of ways we can help them, there's yeah. tools to help them. Um, so there's not a lot of sealed there. And as far as skill testing, draft is probably the most skill, skill testing form. I mean, you're a Hall of Famer. You I, know. I, I like to think so. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, the idea of thinking on your feet and having to adapt, you know, like, there's a lot of skill to make a constructed deck, but I mean, there's a lot of really good skills. And so I, I promise we are designing this. So if you love drafting, we will be testing your drafting skills. We're not, this is not going to become something in which drafting doesn't matter. Drafting will still matter a lot. Yeah. Yep. And I think, you know, I mean, one of the things I saw was like, hey, you, you are getting more uh, rares and mythics in, you know, your average sealed deck, right? You're going to get about eight and a half out of the the packs, and then you know, because the pre-release kit itself has a uh, a foil that you get to add in as well, a foil rare. So you, you'll have another one there. Like, 
we were talking about the signpost uncommons before, and like those are very powerful uncommons, right? Yeah. And so just because you're getting more or less of, of one card or another, you know, like like you said, everything is interconnected, and, and that's very true uh, for both sealed and and draft play. And so, I, I think the experience, you know, will there be a little bit more variance? There is a little bit more variance, but also I think that you know, for the typical person playing limited, it'll also be more fun and more compelling. Also, I mean, my argument actually, by the way, is there's a skill to dealing with variance. Yeah. Yeah. Like the idea that there's slightly more variance means that somehow the better player's at a disadvantage. I actually argue they're at an advantage. That the more skilled you are, the better player you are, the better you are equipped to handle variance. And so I, I know, I mean, a lot of this is, look, Murder's Mark is gonna come out. Yeah. You guys will all get a chance to play with it. I, like we, it's very important to us that we have a fun, limited play experience, that it's skill testing, that people enjoy. I, I promise you that that is what we're making. That's what we, we've made for years to an end. We're continuing to make. It is a high priority for us. We're spending a lot of time on this. On no level did we make the change and, and just slap it in a new booster. We changed the entire system of how we made sets. Yeah. That's, that's how serious we're taking it. Um, sort of a playoff that... Yeah, murders at Karlov Manor. Yeah, it was Mark. Yeah. <laughs> what did I say? You said Mark. Mark. Oh. <laughs> right. I bought That's yeah, for yeah, me. Yeah. It's, yeah. Um, Okay, uh, and then playing off that, uh, so will competitive tur uh, I'll answer this one. Was, will competitive tournaments such as the Pro Tour be drafting with this new booster from now on, or the regular packs with one or each? This is the this is the regular booster. Yeah. There is no yeah. other booster. There's no special competitive booster. This is the booster. You know, part of the point of this yeah. is, is slimming down our uh, skew offerings. Um, okay, good question. How will play boosters accommodate bonus sheets? Will they still exist? Yeah, but I mean, bonus sheets will absolutely still exist. Um, there are sets right now we're working on that have bonus sheets. So like, yeah, I know they yeah, don't exist. Right, yeah. Uh, you know, I, right. The, we often don't talk about the future. One yeah. place here, like, there yeah. absolutely will be bonus sheets. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, one of the things that um, is, once again, I'll highlight is, you know, we, while we've been talking about murders at Karlov Manor as because it's the first time the play booster is released. And so we're, we're using that in sort as of, sample, yeah, yeah a, as our example. Like one of the things that the, that the play booster allows in the set booster before it, um, in the set booster had bonus, the bonus sheet content in it as, uh, as well, is there, there's just this flexibility, right? And so, you know, we, we can definitely um, adapt the play booster to, to handle bonus sheets, to handle when we wanna adjust uh, for new features, and, and we intend to. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, obviously I can't talk too much for the future, but like, I'm working on a set right now that wants to do something we've never ever done before, and I had to go into Mike and be like, can we do this? And we're like, let's figure out how to do it, you know? Um, the play booster in some ways is more adaptable, it's more flexible, it has more opportunities to allow us to sort of do things, and so, I, I do want to stress that the, the play booster is itself evolving and will be something that adds, it'll vary set to set. It, it, it gives us some opportunities to do some things that, you know, we are taking advantage of what, it, uh, the flexibility of the play booster is something that I think will enhance design and give us more tools. Yep. All right, I'm getting a bunch of questions that are kind of in the same vein. I'm going to read one, I'm going to make two points, and then I'm going to throw it to you, uh, to you all. So. The question, this is sort of uh, indicative of, of all the versions of this. Why are you making pre-releases more expensive? Lots of people in my local games are always qu already quitting because limited of the, because of the price since March of the Machines. Okay, so, so two points. Um, one, um, certainly at local game stores there can be fluctuations in, in how many people are playing limited. But overall we are seeing more limited play year over year, year to date. More people are playing limited or are playing in pre-releases with every set. Um, so in a macro sense, certainly more people are playing limited. Um, but the other portion of that is, Mark, a bit of what you talked about in your article is that choice people have to, have mm. to make. Mm -hmm. And if you have X dollars and you're looking to buy Magic product, mm -hmm. set boosters were better for just opening, but a lot of people would, in previous iterations, would use that money to play draft. But when you have to choose between drafting or opening something that's you know better for your dollar, mm -hmm. a lot of people made that set booster choice and then just passed on draft. Whereas now, why not both kind of feel thing? Yeah, I mean, what, one of my hopes is it's like the people that were just choosing only set booster purchases uh, and skipping events like the pre-release will now say, hey, you know what? I I'm going to open these 
packs anyhow. Yeah. Let me go get a fun a fun day of play out of it, right? And so I, I think that there were definitely people who were skipping on the pre-release experience because the product inside that experience wasn't the product that, that most spoke to them. Um, and, and then once again, I mean, yes, the pre-release experience is likely going to be more expensive for people. You're, you know, you're buying, you're still getting six packs. Um, and, and so, you know, I hope that the, the, the value that you open up, the, the experience of the day, uh, ends up being worthwhile and that it, it's, you know, we keep delivering on the fun, you will on average get, um, you know, more rares and mythic rares. Uh, so there is that going for it. But yes, like when you go to your local game store, you're, you're going to probably pay, you know, a few extra dollars. Okay. Um, Mark, is there any concern about more answers being printed for limited impacting constructed play incidentally? Um, there's a power difference between limited and constructed. And so we can clearly make answers that are relevant and mean something in limited uh, that don't have any impact on constructed. And so um, there's a lot, especially at Common, um, there's a lot of, of places we can design that can be very relevant in, in the limited environment that just aren't going to be relevant in the constructed environment. Mm -hmm. um, like I said, one of the big things is this is new territory. We're understanding things. We're figuring things out. Um, but we have a pretty good sense of power level, and so we, for example, we make things all the time that are for limited that aren't designed for constructed, and there are the rare exception, but most of the time, hey, the, the limited things stay in limited and don't end up going constructed. So, I mean, yeah. this is nothing new for us. It's something we've been doing forever. So, yeah, yeah I mean, it's, it, some things we're doing we've never done before. We have to learn that. Uh, power level setting between limited and constructed, we've done that for, you know, almost 30 years, 20 years. <laughs> um, um, so I, I think this next question is a good place to highlight that the um, the booster we've been talking about, the specifics are specific to, oh God, murders at Karlov Manor. <laughs> um, and, and so there will be some variation in the contents um, here and there, which I think this question gets at. Since our draft pools will contain three fewer cards, are there plans to use common duels in the basic slot more often since non-land picks become more valuable? Uh, sorry, common common dual lands in the in the basic in slot. In the basic slot, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, murders at Karlov Manor just has a uh, a, a basic land slot, yep. right? With the the graphic we showed earlier highlights that. I, I do know that upcoming that sets will use uh, common dual lands sort of at, at different percentages uh, in that slot to the note of, hey, we're going to customize that slot. Um, you, you know, oh, there, there's the graphic right there. You can see that slot 12 basic land. So I, I do know that upcoming sometimes that we'll have a, a common dual land in that slot. The, 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 the real thing here is, you know, as we build each individual set, we wanted to make, you know, a great play experience, a great opening experience, and, and a great draft experience. And, and the play design team, like that, that's what they do, like Mark was highlighting. They have such experience at doing it. And you know, we, we really um, tap into their expertise to sort of navigate, hey, is this set more you know, two color, three color? Does it need these, these dual lands versus uh, other sets that don't as much? The way I would say it is Magic uh, Boosters have had a land slot for a long time. Yep. And sometimes when we need to, we replace that with other things. We've mm -hmm. definitely used that slot in multicolor sets, for example. So it is a tool. I mean, that slot, we label basic land because in... Um, well, that's what it is. It, in in, in Murder of Manor, that's what it is. But yeah. yes, we, we have flexibility. Yeah. Um, all right, we are nearly out of time. So we'll get last, last question or two in. Um, I've seen this question a couple times. Let's throw it out there. Will better commons mean more pauper playables? Um... Possibly. I mean, I mean, the, <laughs> what we're trying to make sure, it, it's not that we're raising the power level of common. That's not what we're doing. Yeah. What we're trying to do is we want to make sure that all the cards at common are something, if you're playing limited, that you are happy to put in your deck. You know, we're, we're trying to, we're, we're raising the floor, not lowering the ceiling or raising the ceiling. We're raising the floor, meaning we're trying to have less cards. You're like, no one's going to play this card. Mm -hmm. Or it's very situational that you would play this card. We're trying to sort of take that stuff out. Um, I mean, obviously, whatever we do, I mean, we are still trying to understand what this means for the rarities. We're still working it through. There's certain effects, for example, that used to be a common effect that we're thinking of doing it uncommon now. 
um, like Thread, and I'll use my example there, where I think Thread's gonna be an uncommon ability rather than a common ability. So things are gonna move around. I don't think it's gonna raise the power level of common at all, which I think is what the popper question is yeah. at. Um, so I, I don't know, I don't know how it'll affect popper. Um, yep. Um, all right, I think this one's going to be for Mike, and I think we're just about out of time, uh, depending on how long this answer is. Uh, I'm going to combine a bunch of people's questions. So uh, there have been a bunch of questions about where universes beyond and universes within cards will live in this new schema. So can you speak a little bit to that? Yeah, so um, on, on occasion, we would put uh, universes within cards uh, on, on the list, right? And you know, uh, upcoming that will still happen from time to time. Um, you know, it's not so, it's not a feature that we do in in every set, but you know, one of the things that we wanted to do was make um, magic versions of some universes beyond cards, right? So that way, uh, it wasn't just the people who purchased you know a secret layer that would be getting access to them. Um, so that that's kind of yeah. Uh, where, where just remind at. people. The, the promise we have made is if we make a secret layer that has you know, unique mechanical content, we will then make a Magic's Within version of that. Um, we have the right to do that with any uh, universes beyond, but the only thing we promise to do is the stuff from the secret layers. Yeah, yeah right, yeah. right, right. So I mean, yeah, that's a good clarification. Like the, the Lord of the Rings, you know, if you want that, uh, if you want those cards, we, we have we have boosters you can go yeah. and buy and get the Lord of the Rings content. It, yeah. Right. It, it, this was talking about the universes within, uh, which is how we yeah. bring those secret layer. Right. Mechanical execution. content that was locked in the time. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Exactly. Yep. Right. I'm seeing a number of good questions um, that I'm not going to get to, not because they're not good questions, uh, but because we did answer them earlier in the stream. Okay. So, so things like where are we going to be able to get commander exclusive cards? Um, which we talked about earlier, um, the the pricing of pre-release and, and booster boxes, which we, we've spent some time on, but we certainly know um, is people's main concern. Um, so I think we're going to end it there. A lot of good questions. Now, that's not the end, though, and, and then I'll let you, because um, if we did not get to your question, if we didn't answer it satisfactorily, if you have more questions, uh, whatever, we have a Discord activation. Um, questions are being intake, eh, taken in right now. If you head to the official Wizards Discord, which um, maybe our community manager uh, in the chat will put it in chat, uh, a link to that. Um, if you head to that, we will have these two fine gentlemen, as well as Aaron Forsyth, uh, in there tomorrow answering questions and giving more detail. It'll be in a written form, so um, we'll be able to spend a little bit more time. We won't be time boxed to an hour, so um, we'll be sharing even more answers there because this is a big shift and we want to make sure to talk with you all and, and hear what you have to say and share our thinking. Um, and so then, Mark, you wanted to... Yeah, I just... Look, I've been doing this a long time. Yep. Uh, and magic, the nature of magic is we make changes. The nature of magic is we try different things. And I like to think that we keep improving upon ourselves. We keep finding ways to make magic better. But every time we make a change, I, there's nervousness. Yeah. I, trust me, I, I, get, I get it from players. And even going back to simple things like the sixth edition rules or you know, every time we've done anything, and when people tend to look back at a lot of these changes, like they were fundamental and they were important. And that, I think this is the kind of change with time. When you look back years from now, this will be like the obvious thing, of course this made sense, this is what we should do. And that it'll, I think with time, you look back and it's like, oh, this was the obvious evolution. Yeah. Um, I know in the moment when the change is happening, it's scary. Um, but I, I really honestly believe years from now that this is going to be, everybody agrees this was the right thing to do. I, I really think that this was the right progression of what magic needs to be. I think set, design, set boosters were a good exploration of understanding something. We learned something. We, we learned how to make players happier. And this is just an extension of that. We don't want to have two core boosters. We're making them into one. But we're delivering, we really, really are trying to deliver all the fun of both those individual boosters in a way that we can give those to, to players so that you get both. That's really what we're trying to do. Absolutely. Best of both worlds. Um, OK, so yep. Thank you, Steve, uh, Community Manager Steve, for putting the Discord link in there. Again, we are intaking all those questions now, and uh, Mark and Mike and Aaron Forsyth will be there tomorrow 
to continue to answer your questions because we're, we're not done talking to you about this. Um, this is a big change and we want to make sure to, to have that conversation. Um, and then following that on Thursday, like I said, Weekly MTG will be back. We'll be talking to Pete Hines uh, and uh, someone from the studio and we will be talking about uh, the upcoming Fallout release and having our first look for that. That will be followed on the 20th by the full Lost Caverns of Ixalan story. Yep, the Nope, the story is still on the 20th. Yep, uh, the producer Sean's trying to get me. Yeah, the 24th, a great reminder though, is the <laughs> debut for Lost Caverns of Ixalan. So if you're excited about Lost Caverns of Ixalan, tune into the story on the 20th on dailymtg.com and then tune into twitch.tv slash magic, this channel right here, uh, to check out the debut for Lost Caverns of Ixalan where we'll be back to talk all about that set. Thank you for tuning in and we'll see you on Thursday, actually. <laughs>